You are tuned to Community Radio, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's 6 p.m. My name is Claudio Mendonca, and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. Tonight, Racial Reckoning reports on the fatal shooting of Dante Wright. Brooklyn Center Police Chief Tom Gannon describing the shooting as an accidental discharge. The California Report covers the latest regarding the status of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Both the CDC and the FDA have recommended a pause in the use of the J&J vaccine effective today. We'll take a look at some regional headlines and the weather before this week's Economic Report with Gary Zimmerman, and we'll close with a commentary by Mark Cunaberti. This is Racial Reckoning, the Arc of Justice. Here's Georgia Fort with today's update. Coverage of the Derek Chauvin murder trial was overshadowed Monday by statewide updates regarding the fatal police shooting of 20-year-old Dante Wright nearby Brooklyn Center Sunday afternoon. The young black man was stopped by police for a traffic violation. Within moments, he was shot and killed. While an investigation is underway, Brooklyn Center Police Chief Tim Gannon says the officer on duty accidentally drew and fired her gun when she meant to reach for her taser. This appears to me, from what I viewed and the officer's reaction and distress immediately after, that this was an accidental discharge that resulted in the tragic death of Mr. Wright. Multiple elected officials expressed frustration at yet another life loss to law enforcement. St. Paul Mayor Carter says police violence needs to be tackled head on, not just in the police departments, but at a city and state level. We have to know that Dante Wright will not be the last name, will not be the last hashtag on this list until and unless we take decisive and urgent action to ensure that he is. This, as the brother of George Floyd took to the stand to give what's called spark of life testimony, meant to humanize the victim. Felonis Floyd's testimony took jurors back to George Floyd's childhood. He shared photos of George as a young boy and told jurors how much he loved his mother. He would lay, just lay up onto her in the fetus position like he was still in a womb. And I'd say Perry because we called him Perry instead of George. And he would always say, hold on, let me kiss mama before I come over there. The defense declined cross-examination. For the Racial Reckoning Project, I'm Georgia Fort. Racial Reckoning, the Arc of Justice, is produced and supported by Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, in partnership with KMLJ Radio and the Minnesota Humanities Center. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. In what could be a huge blow to vaccination efforts in California and across the country, federal officials are calling for an immediate pause in the use of the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. Six recipients of the vaccine, all women between the ages of 18 and 48, developed a rare disorder involving blood clots within about two weeks of vaccination. One woman died and another is hospitalized in critical condition condition. Federal vaccine distribution sites will immediately stop using the J&J shots, and states and other providers are expected to follow suit. The CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices will hold an emergency meeting tomorrow to discuss the cases and possible links between the vaccine and the disorder. The CDC is also investigating. We've reached out to California officials for comment on what this will mean for vaccination efforts in the state and are waiting to hear back. Nearly 7 million people in the U.S. have received the Johnson & Johnson shot so far. 
As the holy month of Ramadan continues, health leaders are encouraging Muslims to get the COVID-19 vaccine. KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports. During Ramadan, many Muslims abstain from food and drink in daylight hours. Muslim health leaders are urging people not to let fasting stop them from getting a COVID-19 vaccine. We do not believe that the vaccine, or any injectable for that matter that's not nutritionally based, breaks your fast, and we really want you to get the vaccine. Dr. Hassan Shanawani is president of the American Muslim Health Professionals. He says any of the three vaccines being offered in the U.S. are considered halal and are permissible for Muslims to use. And if you need to drink water, that's okay too. Do what you feel is safe and know that God's a merciful guy and, you know, he's okay, like with you making it up. You're allowed to make up days. I mean, we do that all the time. Don't wait till the end of Ramadan because it's a really big safety issue. On Thursday, any Californian age 16 and above can make an appointment to get the free COVID-19 vaccine. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. In other health news, the state's health insurance exchange to cover California has reopened enrollment so people can sign up for insurance plans. And $3 billion of new federal funds coming to California to help subsidize coverage could lower insurance costs for 2.5 million state residents, with some Californians being able to buy coverage for as little as a dollar a month. To promote signing up, Covered California is rolling out a multi-million dollar statewide advertising campaign with an emphasis on consumer savings. Check CoveredCA.com to see your new lower price. The sooner you sign up, the more you save. Only at Cover California. This way to health insurance. Covered California says already insured Californians who switch to one of the insurance exchange's plans could save up to $700 a month on health coverage. Let's turn to the Central Valley, where street vendors in some communities have been victimized by violence and thefts. And just last month, vendor Lorenzo Perez was shot and killed while he was selling corn in southeast Fresno. Now community members are offering street patrols and other services to help vendors feel safe. Valley Public Radio's Mari Bolaños reports. I wanted to cry when I heard they killed that man. We're just out here looking for a better life. The Rodriguez is a street vendor who sells clothes and blankets in southeast Fresno. A few months ago, someone took off with her most expensive blankets. Since then, she's been hesitant about returning to work. Fresno police say there were six incidents involving street vendors last year, but experts say many more go unreported. Community organizer Alex Ramos O'Casey says many street vendors don't go to the police because they're afraid they'll be arrested for being undocumented or cited because they don't have the proper permits. They're just trying to take care of their families. They're trying to take care of themselves. Um, and especially when we're in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, some folks, right, haven't gotten any government assistance, especially like a lot of our undocumented community. That's why, following the news of Lorenzo Perez's death, Ramos O'Casey began organizing community members to provide pepper spray and other forms of support to street vendors. At the city level, council members are proposing a street vendor association and calling for a streamlined permitting process so vendors can operate legally. Ramos O'Casey says they want their efforts to be guided by the vendors themselves. We just want to make sure that, you know, we're we're asking them, right, you know, like this is the support that we can offer you in this moment, but we would like to continue, right, and make sure that you feel comfortable telling us, right, if there's additional means of protection um, that you would like later on. Valeria Rodriguez-Pedrosa has been working with Ramos O'Casey on these efforts. She says the protection might look different for each type of street vendor. 
whether they're pushing a cart of paletas or elotes, or if they're selling clothes on a street corner. When you see someone who is mobile, it, it's because they're at the very start of their business. So oftentimes they'll start mobile and then they'll have a corner where they have a developed group of customers that know them, that know they're going to be at that spot. Rodriguez Pedrosa says most vendors are usually alone and therefore vulnerable. That's why she's also introducing them to mobile payment services like Cash App. That way, she says, street vendors won't have to carry as much cash with them. It's a hot day on the corner of Tulare and Cedar in southeast Fresno. Rodriguez Pedrosa is helping Francisco Matias and Esperanza Rodriguez set up a cash app account. The couple said someone robbed sweaters from them in December. But they continue to work because it's their only way to support their family. Now, Esperanza Rodriguez says they've been feeling even more anxiety since they heard about what happened to Lorenzo Perez. We are scared that something can happen to us. We're here with our little business, and this is how we live. Rodriguez Pedrosa says she and other organizers will continue to patrol the area so that the couple and other vendors can feel safe while working. That would just be a means of just showing up, right? Strength in numbers. Just being there, being aware, paying attention to what's going on. She says they will continue taking donations to provide PPE, pepper spray, and video recorders to street vendors that want them. For The California Report, I'm Mari Bolaños in Fresno. Support for The California Report comes from Personal Capital, helping people take control of their finances with financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary advisor, personalcapital.com. Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits, stanfordhealthcare.org slash adaptingcare. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, April 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a great day. The Sacramento Bee is reporting that California is following U.S. health officials' recommendation to pause administering the single-dose COVID-19 vaccine from Johnson & Johnson. This comes as federal officials investigate a handful of reports of severe blood clots in recipients. Officials are investigating six U.S. cases of a rare and severe type of blood clot in individuals after receiving the vaccine. According to the CDC, more than 6.8 million shots of the J&J vaccine have been administered to date. California was slated this week to receive only 67,600 J&J doses due to a supply issue. The state is scheduled to get close to 1.9 million total first and second doses of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Governor Gavin Newsom said today, quote, It will not materially impact our ability to fulfill our expectations and commitment to provide enough vaccine to fully vaccinate all those that seek to get vaccinated, end quote. The governor maintains that California remains set to fully reopen on June 15th. In regional weather, in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, a 20% chance of showers, partly cloudy with a low around 41. Tomorrow, a chance of showers after 11 a.m. and sunny 
with a high near 61. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight rain and snow showers likely, becoming all snow after 9 p.m. with a low around 26. New snow accumulation of 1 to 3 inches is possible. Tomorrow, a 50% chance of snow showers, then partly sunny with a high near 45. And in Woodland and Sacramento, tonight mostly clear with a low around 47. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 74. Next, Paul Emery and Gary Zimmerman discuss 2020 GDP numbers and the outlook for 2021. This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kalb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Nice to talk with you again, Gary. Let's talk about the economy today. Since we last spoke, the gross national product or the GMP, that data has been released. So let's start talking about what those numbers are telling us about the economy right now. Okay. Thanks, Paul. It's good to be back. Yes. Um, near the end of last month, the revised real, and that means inflation adjusted gross domestic product or GDP numbers were released by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. And, and GDP is the replacement for the GNP numbers that um, economists used. So GDP represents the value of the goods and services produced by the U.S. economy in a year, like the past year, 2020. And what did those numbers tell us about the performance of the economy in 2020? Lots. Um, for starters, the economy shrunk last year. The revised figures from March show the economy contracted by 3.5% over the year. Um, that means it produced three and a half percent less than it did in 2019. Uh, that's a sizable recession, and you know, and one that we all know was was caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Gary, what would be a normal or average growth rate of the economy? Uh, what would it be in a year, and how does that compare with the 2020 decline for our country? Oh, good question, Paul. Uh, before the COVID pandemic hit, the U.S. economy, by most estimates, uh, was expected to expand about 2% for the year in terms of GDP growth. Um, for example, the Congressional Budget Office's estimate for the potential real GDP growth was 1.9% for 2020. Uh, likewise, the Federal Reserve policymakers were projecting the economy would expand in the longer run by at an annual rate of about 1.9%. So, you know, it was expected about 2% growth. Instead, we got you know, minus 3.5% contraction. Um, so that's a huge difference. And, you know, in terms of dollars, it was about an $850 billion difference. Um, the economy was $850 billion smaller at the end of 2020 than what it was expected to be. You know, so that's, you know, that's a huge difference even in a $19 trillion economy. And it meant, you know, lost income lost production, lost jobs, lost profits. So, you know, a huge, huge impact. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad, yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, 2021. Uh, when will we start getting uh, GDP data for this year? 
Well, Paul, the, the preliminary or advanced GDP estimate for the first three months of the year um, still won't be available until the the first one won't be available until the end of this month. So we have a, a few more weeks before we get that first reading on the strength of the first quarter economy for, for 2021, although it's generally expected to be a, a good quarter. Okay, Gary, how did California's economy perform in 2020 compared to the nation? And did the California economy do better, about the same or worse than the rest of the country? (laughs) Well, that's an interesting number because first, every state's economy declined in 2020. That's unusual. And it just you know tells us about the severity and the breadth of the 2020 recession. Um, California shrunk um, like the nation, but not as much as as it happened nationally. Uh, and California GDP only declined uh, by 2.8% in 2020 compared with the 3.5% decline nationally. So, so California's economy did a little bit better than the average uh, for the nation and did a little better than the average state. But overall, I'd say California was, you know, performance was probably, you know, same ballpark as the nation's. Gary, are there other economic news or data that have been published recently that are providing important clues to the outlook of the economy in 2021? Um, Interesting this week was that the Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell warned about opening the economy too soon, you know, as a risk to the recovery and to the, you know, to the strong efforts of the Federal Reserve with low interest rates and monetary policy trying to boost the recovery at the same time, you know, the could also, you know, counteract the the important fiscal policy help from the COVID relief package that was just passed. So um but there are some, you know, a couple of bits of uh, good news um, that I'm I'm looking at. The conference board's uh, monthly survey of consumer confidence surged in March. I think that's a good sign for future spending. Um, and you know, consumers were more optimistic about about both their current economic situation and their expectations for the future. Consumers also have. You know, been saving a, a lot of money and, and have funds available to spend. Um, so, and, and many, many of them do, I should say. Um, you know, also positive, and this is uh, from the Philadelphia Federal Reserve Bank, they have a, an index of leading indicators. And uh, for both the U.S. and California, those indicators are pointing towards, you know, the expansion continuing. And that's, you know, important <laughs> for us all that the recovery continues. Um, you know, it provides evidence that the significant support for, you know, for money Monetary policy, low interest rates, and from the government's fiscal policy support, the 2021 economic relief package that was passed last month, that, uh, you know, these are going to continue to help the recovery. And that's, you know, that's good news. Well, it's good to end with good news, Gary. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. (laughs) Thank you so much. Look forward to our next chat. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Reserve and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance. You can hear the entire economic report on our website or on the KVMR News Podcast. We close now with a commentary from Mark Cunaberti. Welcome to another edition of Money Matters. My name is Mark Cunaberti. Knowing when a market is setting up to correct is the holy grail in investing. Many advisors and investors adopt the methodology to just buy and hold. However, readers and listeners of Money Matters know I advocate a more hands-on approach to portfolio management. 
That includes an attempt to accomplish some degree of portfolio protection. What I mean by this is that investors can actively try to protect profits and guard against losses instead of just sitting on their hands by adopting some basic strategies. Decades ago, I developed such a method called the Safe and Conscious Investing Methodology, also known as SCIM. Let me begin by saying no one can predict market movements at any time and no guarantees can be offered that gains will be protected or losses will not be realized. After all, investing involves risk. Much like the study of volcanoes, however, volcanologists can look at what is happening but cannot guarantee what will happen. The same goes with market prognostications and methodologies. There are no guarantees of any kind. If an investor cannot tolerate risk, they can consider FDIC-insured bank products, and there are varying strategies to consider there as well. To utilize SCIM means the advisor monitors various things not only happening in the markets, but in the economy as well. Needless to say, an economic background would help facilitate this monitoring, for without such education, one would not know what to look for when it came to the economic portion of the strategy, and that is an important part of the SCIM strategy. In lieu of using SCIM, the buy-and-hold strategy, which I call do-nothing advisory, exists on the principle that markets always recover. I'm of the opinion the do-nothing principle is flawed on the most fundamental of levels. Remember, advisors stating that markets always come back is technically illegal. The illegality of that statement and the regulation comes from the basic rule that advisors are strictly forbidden to guarantee any market direction of any kind at any time, and that includes that markets always come back. However, if one believes markets always come back, it is, in my opinion, an advisor is not needed, that one could just buy a broad market representative holding that attempts to mirror an index, purchase through a discount broker, and then you can be done with it. With no advisor, there is also, obviously, no advisor fee as well. The SCIM method, however, instead of just buying and holding, looks at a variety of events and movements in the market and the economy, then considers what the markets have done in the past to guide the advisor as to what may happen in the future. What to look for is the key when attempting to limit downside using SCIM. An example of an SCIM event is illustrated by stating the old stock market adage that stocks and bonds have a tendency to move opposite of each other. Although not always true, it happens enough times for a mix of stocks and bonds to be a common recommended stock allocation rule. That rule is also verified in Investopedia.com, so you can look it up there. SCIM looks at many events, including the stock and bond relationship and how it is changing over a given period of time. Other observations in SCIM consider action in the Fed's funds arena, interest rates, the repurchase agreement facility known as the repo market, overseas markets, currency fluctuations, political considerations and movements in certain market sectors like fixed income, consumer staples, utilities, preferred stocks, real estate investment trusts known as REITs, and other areas. Although the listener may not fully understand the considerations that SCIM looks at, just know that the events occurring in multiple areas of the economy and in the market may alert an astute economist and the experienced advisor that something may be occurring beneath the surface that could erupt into a more serious event. Although no methodology can guarantee anything when it comes to the stock market, much like a volcanologist who studies underground movements and occurrences beneath a potential volcano, there can also be tremors felt in the markets that may indicate to those knowing what to look for that something far more terrible is about to occur. 
That's it for today's Money Matters. Opinions expressed here are those of myself and not those of any bank or investment advisory firm or of this station, its staff members, or underwriters. Nothing is meant to ensure a guarantee or to be construed as investment advice. Our website is moneymanagementradio.com where everything is free. Our way of saying thank you for listening to your community radio station. I hold California insurance license OL34249 and am a Medicare approved agent in the state of California. My name is Mark Cunaberti. Thanks for listening. That's our newscast for tonight, Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. We get support from Four Paws Animal Clinic, providing medical, dental, surgical services, alternative therapies, and cat boarding for cherished companions on Searles Avenue, Nevada City. Dr. Susan Murphy and staff proudly support KVMR. F-O-U-R-PawsAC.com. Stick around. Food Sleuth is next followed at 7 p.m. by Democracy Now! Thanks for listening. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Have a great evening and stay safe.